0: Welcome to the fitness Canner podcast. I'm your host, Eric Feigl. I'll be bringing you the truth about exercise by interviewing fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, as well as fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders. Hopefully you take this info and apply it to have a better, healthier and happier lifestyle. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 37 of Fitness Candor Podcast. I am joined today by a previous guest making his second appearance and I really appreciate it, Mr. Bill Pichet. Bill, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, doing great, Eric. Thanks. Thanks for having me again.
0: Absolutely. I think we talked a lot about um, nutrition off the air last time and we've kind of text back and forth so uh, you and I discussed doing a nutrition podcast and I think this is going to be uh, super important because as a trainer, that's something that I, and as a disclaimer, neither you nor I are registered dietitians, so this is not like saying to people, do this or do that. This is what's worked for us and what we know may be beneficial for other people. But as a trainer, I, I get questions like this all the time about nutrition and, uh, you know, I always take a step back and know that everything's different for different people. But one thing I do know is true is eating more vegetables, lean meats, and a little bit of uh fruit is not bad for anybody, right? So I think if we, especially people who are uh, exercising and, and uh, training and uh wanting to improve their overall health in general. So... Uh, I know you have a very interesting background with that, so that's why I wanted to talk to you specifically about it. So tell us uh, how you got into really zoning in your nutrition, because you're a huge meal pepper like I am, and a lot of people might think that's weird, but um, it's it's very important, which we can get down down to down the road. But tell us how you got into really focusing on your nutrition.
1: Well, a big part of, I, I guess, the wake-up call, uh, let me just start with that, that was so I had competed in powerlifting up into about 1993, and um, just before I got married, uh, it had actually gotten down to about 188. I had competed in the 198 class. Um, so I, I thought I was lean at, at about 188 um, to low 190s when I got married, that was in 1986. And along the way, I competed in powerlifting until about 1993. Um, and along the way, I didn't realize I was taking in a lot of calories. Back then, it was just make sure you get enough protein. You know, and anything and everything, uh, microwave pizza with half a brick of cheese back then when I was in my 20s. And uh, basically, the weight started creeping up on me. And pretty soon, I was up to about 220 to 230 at times, and I just started getting sloppy, and I really was I wasn't competing in powerlifting anymore. So I, I was getting up and close to in my early forties at that time, and so I had done tightened up my diet uh, quite a bit and and kind of went the the salad route and tuna route, and really didn't know what I was doing at that time except for. You know, kind of the, try to have sort of a bodybuilding diet. And, and I did strip a lot of weight off. And then what I ended up doing is doing the, uh, cheat day that ended up being the cheat weekend. And ended up being somewhere up into the low 190s, um, at that point. So, uh, what really drove me at first was, uh, you know, just gaining too much weight and I was getting fat. Is <laughs> the bottom line. Um second time came along uh probably it's been about 4 years ago my wife had had a lot of food sensitivities and she's having a lot of different uh, uh problems um with food sensitivities and allergic reactions and so um as part of her basically getting really strict with her diet um I basically transitioned to eating more healthy and one of the reasons why it didn't make sense for me to eat pizza in front of her is it would have been awful selfish and self-centered to continue <laughs> eating some of those things when she couldn't. And, and so it basically drove me to start eating um, more vegetables, uh, just eating more healthy. Um, and at that point in time, you know, she was doing a lot of research on nutrition and all the different foods and everything, and I just – Learned along with her and, and started seeing some changes that I never thought was even possible. Um, it, it wore back to my early, uh, I think you've seen that picture on Instagram that I posted, Throwback Thursday. Um wore back to when I just entered my 20s. Again, I thought the only uh, guys that could get a six-pack were someone taking drugs. Um, if you look at me when I entered into my 20s, and all along that time frame, um, my body fat level was such that you could never see my abs. And I thought it was genetically, I was not predispositioned to even have a six pack or see my abs. And lo and behold, uh, you know, when I'm over 50, things started to show through. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? I think I'm onto something. And I thought whatever was not possible became possible. And, uh, found out, in my opinion, that nutrition, um, I really missed the boat and should have been doing this, you know, decades and decades ago and really missed the boat on reaching my, my true potential, uh, even in powerlifting, um, by not knowing a thing about what I was eating and just getting all the protein I could, right. and eating, you know, pr- pretty much everything and anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, well that's kinda, I think in, I remember in my, early twenties when I was training with uh one well, of my buddies from college. I mean it was everything just to just to get calories in. That's all we were concerned about. it wasn't even uh the it wasn't even the quality of the food. It was just how much can we put into our bodies to get bigger. You know, like that that was it. And I'm not exactly. a bad guy to begin with. So it was I mean it was a struggle for me to get calories in. And I'm talking like, you know, we would make 10 p.m. runs to McDonald's and get two Big Macs and pound those things, and then we'd go train the next day, and we just had this big cycle. It was just eating all of the time, but it was all just crap food, nonstop. Yeah, Um,
1: yep. That's that's the thing. I mean, I used to bring you know a a ton of food uh, to work with me from that standpoint. Um, Anything and everything was. I mean, I used to eat boxes of milk duds you know, the big boxes that you can get of Milk Duds, you know, um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, on my quote,
0: even,
1: even when I was a little bit leaner, you know, it's still not even close to what I am now, you know, my, my quote, cheat day that turned into a cheat weekend, I, I was having, you know, like full pieces and boxes of Milk Duds and reasons and, you know, half a cheesecakes and everything else and, and, uh, my, my, I got my cholesterol checked. So my, my parents gave me a nice genetic gift of high cholesterol. So, I, so that's the other thing my diet just automatically controls now. And, and my, my wife said to me, I said, what the heck? My cholesterol is still high. She said, do you really think you can take in all that fat on, on two days and not have it affect you overall? And I thought for myself, like, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, I can't just because one day it's going to – the body doesn't work that way. So I've taken this huge amount of cholesterol, you know, or foods that are adverse for me, which is red meat's another one. So I'm very limited on red meat just because my cholesterol goes sky high. Um, she's like, what do you think you can just do that in one day and, it, it, uh, and your other days offset it? And, and she was exactly right. So what I, I, again, you know, my opinion when people ask me, you know, even at work, they ask me, what, what, you know, what should I do for exercise? I said, well, you know what? If you have time and you're limited on time, learn about food first and worry about exercise after that and concentrate on your diet first and and making that a lifestyle change before you start adding the frosting on the cake Um, because I believe the cake... Is, is the cake is basically nutrition in the food you eat first. And and that's, to me, like I said, I throw this out myself, and this is just my opinion, but I think it's 80% of the game, you know, from that perspective, based on my own personal experience.
0: It's definitely a big majority, and I would say, and you kind of hit on something earlier, too. The, well, I guess it was before we started recording, but the sleep is massive also, because that directly will affect I mean everything from bone density to muscle mass and organ tissue i mean it's the type of recovery that your body needs so you mix that sleep in with great nutrition and then a little bit of exercise and uh people but people want to go reverse with that the exact opposite they want to do a ton of exercise, a little bit of nutrition, and then screw sleep I'm going to get five hours a night and no matter how how clean you eat or how hard you train if you don't sleep good, then that's negatively affect everything and then if you do get enough sleep, but then you're still eating like crap. You can't outwork that crap that you ate. So it's like all this big, big lump that everybody's trying to figure out. But I think it's really smart of you to say to focus on uh, the nutrition side of things first because, number one, that's something that we do with every, – every single person does that. I mean, every, every single person sleeps also, but everybody has to eat. And so why not be really, really vigilant? about what you put in your body, because you have to do it anyway, so, you know, learning about nutrition should be a number, a number one.
1: Yeah, because, you know, for example, people, well, I'm going to try this exercise, that exercise, I'm trying to make this gain, you know, I'm going to do eight reps, I'm going to do split, I'm going to change my split here, Um, I'm going to do this twist on the curl when I do it this way but uh what about all the experimenting with respect to uh what works from a from a diet standpoint to optimize your nutrition um and optimize your muscle mass strength and and also lean body mass where's all the experimentation that goes on in the kitchen with different foods knowing knowing quantities of food knowing what portion sizes are you know uh, what about that part and that's why i'm saying that a, a lot of people spend a lot of time on the exercise piece of it, when uh, the biggest bang for the buck is is really in the kitchen and understanding what you're actually taking into your body, and also how your body responds to it, because different people respond differently. You know, I, I'm sorry, but uh, some people, you put a Pop-Tart in them, one person can have ripped abs, and the next person, they're going to look like Jabba the Hut. okay? So right. yeah. it just depends It depends on the person and, and how they can handle uh, that particular food. And a lot of people aren't experimenting with that, even with respect to food that just doesn't agree with you, okay? Um, yeah. I, I've, I've experimented with that myself, so you got to figure those things out too and not just, why am I always gaseous all the time? Well, it's because it could be something you're eating. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, the big thing... And it's the consistency of it because people will change exercises and workouts if they don't work after like a week or two weeks. And it's like, well, you've got to give it at least 30, 90 days. To let this actually sink in. It's the same thing in the kitchen. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen within a week. The changes don't take place. When I hear people say, well, I have been eating good. It's been seven days. Like you, but you've been eating like crap for 35 years. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. And like you said, it's it's a test. Like if people don't like, if a person doesn't like eating chicken and broccoli, which I think is a a big turnoff for a lot of people, because that's what they think about when they think about exercise and eating good. They automatically think, oh, I'm just going to eat turkey and or chicken and broccoli, and I'll be fine. There's so much more variety out there. We just have to go look for it. But I mean that and it has, and it has a lot to do with what we're quote unquote fed. Another pun. To through the media, through um, like pseudo-science research about what's good for us and what's not good for us, especially when it comes to uh, leaving like an overall generally healthy life. I mean, leave the exercise part out of it, but I think we're fed, going like to the Pop-Tart thing, Pop-Tart's not part of a balanced, healthy diet, a health, healthy breakfast. It's like, who are we kidding? You know, when when somebody look, gets one of those things and let's say they compare a Pop-Tart to... Like a, a frozen lean cuisine uh, breakfast meal, you put them both together. They're packs full of sugar, refined grains, and you can't even pronounce half the stuff on the ingredients list. And no wonder we you know everybody's walking around fat and tired and lazy.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. That's the, the thing that drives me nuts about about that in general is like, okay, if you're gonna, I, it, it's you know. I I really like uh, the idea of people knowing you know tracking uh, you know just because it's a learning process. Right now, for example, I'm not tracking. Okay, but the reason I like it is at first when people is to, for them to learn what portion sizes are, <laughs> and because then they have to look at labels. And, you know, for someone, I don't think someone has to be anal about it, but but maybe um, when they start trying to learn about nutrition, actually, okay, what am I actually taking into my body? How many calories um, am I actually eating? There's been a lot of people that I've talked to, they're like, oh, my gosh. And I said, well, let me let me put calories in here. Because they're like, I, I haven't lost any weight, and said, so, well, let me let me stick this in here, you know, my fitness pal, and let's see how many calories you have, and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how many calories I was eating, and I said, yeah, you you really have to know portion sizes, and and so I I did that actually as as part of this process just so I could learn, you know, learn as far as what portion sizes were, um, also learned for myself that I was probably overeating protein. You know, when I was actually looking at it, and also having an idea, you know, what how much how many carbs and fats are in, di- in different foods, um, and again portion sizes being one of the major things as well. Just for me to learn um, by having to look it up, and and uh, became a label reader as well. I always read labels, yeah. know what you're taking in your body too, and look at the ingredients.
0: Where do you suggest people start?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is just with small changes. If you try something revolutionary, uh, people are going to rebel. It's just a natural thing. It's a human nature thing. So I I think you have to analyze what actually is in a a person's normal diet and look for a a small change, one single small change to make to start with and tell them it's going to be a long process and especially if there's a, a a very significant outlier there for example say that they didn't realize that this thing had was 40 grams of sugar you know and and they were eating it every day you know that would obviously be a target that I would look for and say hey let's substitute this um out and substitute this in something more healthy um in in some of the gross changes for example uh, one might be um they're they're drinking soda
0: <laughs> you know that's an easy, yeah. that's kind of an
1: easy yeah. one. okay we're going to cut that in half you know or you know what i'm saying so yeah, yeah. In, in my opinion with, with with people you have to start with something where they can make a lifestyle change where it's they're going to be able to do it okay and and it's not something that's going to be radical um, again, it's got to be uh, evolutionary, in my opinion. And, and then once they see, because even these small types of changes can have significant impact. Again, and, and yeah, they, people want immediate results, right? And so you're going to have to battle that. But a lot of times, like I, like I said, you know, if there's a huge outlier that that's so um, ripe for the picking, you know, to eliminate and and you know, or just eliminate fully, not even subbing in. Um, then they're going to start they're, – they're probably going to see a significant impact in a very short amount of time.
0: If they can withstand the amount of time that it might take because a week doesn't cut it.
1: You know, they're not going to be able to see the, the biggest thing that, that's, uh, you know, just like the whole refeed thing. You know, in my opinion, someone someone shouldn't use the term refeed unless they are uh, have a lower body composition to begin with, and, the, and they're really using the term because – what, the whole thing, you can look at yourself, the problem with, with quote, um getting off the wagon and introducing junk food and things like that is, is, uh, it's a slippery slope. Because what happens is you go look in the mirror and if you're very lean, for example, and you're in pretty good condition, and you have a pizza and, and something else, and then you look in the mirror the next day and you go, wow, hey, that didn't have any impact. And, and pretty soon you find yourself cheating more, quote, cheating more often, because you didn't immediately see a change in your body. And then pretty soon, it's gonna start, it starts creeping up on you. You look at yourself in the mirror and don't even realize why, why are my pants starting to fit tighter? You know? And I don't, I'm not as in good a condition as I was before. Why am I t- seemingly looking, losing condition? It's because, you know what, you've got into a habit of, of, you know, may, a lot, maybe more often, maybe a lot more often of going off of your diet. Um, you know, what you're supposed to uh, have as a, a healthy lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I usually tell people try to stick to something for 30 days and then see how you look, feel, and perform. And if you don't look, feel, and perform how you think you should or better, then it's time to make adjustments. And it's those small adjustments that can make a really, really big change. Um, tell everybody a little bit about why you think preparation is so huge because i I talk a lot about it also if it sounds super cheesy, but it's true if you're not prepping to to succeed you're preparation, you're prepping to fail, so tell everybody a little bit about what you do in preparation for your week and to keep you on track well i
1: one of the things, and that's why uh, just like I know, I've mentioned before you know spending the time in the kitchen and um most of Saturday, and we, we talked about that before we, we, we got on the podcast, is quite a few hours that are spent on food prep. One of the things a, a friend of mine just mentioned um, that is now back in my department at work, he said, you know, um, now that I'm, I'm prepping food, it makes it a lot easier um, to stay on with proper nutrition because the food is ready, you know, for example, for his lunch every day rather than you know oh I forgot my lunch what am I going to have for lunch I'm just going to grab this cuz it's quick um and or maybe I'll go to the cafeteria you know and and have a hamburger or something like that and, and so it it enables a discipline and I like it because it also uh I get it all done in in uh in it's convenient and and like I said it allows you to plan as well ahead and because I think without planning, I think that's when you have a potential to uh, to go the easy route. And uh, so once I started doing that, and, and I noticed a huge difference, again, allowing me to stick with eating healthy in general by doing that. And like I said, the other thing is, is you get, you know, I clean up once uh, pretty much, <laughs> you know, as far as cooking goes. Because that does take yeah. time, you know, especially especially during the week. You know, you're working. You don't feel like cooking. You know, if you on the weekends, you know, I have more time, and and so I'm actually able to to cook, you know, ahead basically, and and without going, gee, I don't feel like cooking. Let's order a pizza.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you said that night that you order pizza, you could be prepping for your next meal, so you don't make the same mistake the next night. But then the next night rolls around, and what happens then? hey, could you pick up some Skyline or, you know, whatever kind of McDonald's or pick something up on the way home, and then it's just a snowball effect, you know, and that's not even including a weekend where most people don't um, make food and cook at home. What is, like, a go-to meal for you? Do you have a go-to meal that's pretty quick and simple? Without cooking or cooking? No, cooking. (laughs) Like, like something, is there something like a, do you do, like, a stir fry? Because, like, one of the things that we do we like, uh, we like doing, like, a lot of things with broccoli and carrots and kale. So we'll throw something like just those simple ingredients in with some coconut oil and then, like, a little bit of bacon and just let that simmer. And that right there gives you just enough fat, just enough uh, – a little bit of protein and a ton of different kinds of vegetables. Maybe throw some, like, garlic in. And that's like a staple that we have in case you're like, ah, what are we going to have tomorrow for like a lunch, like a real quick lunch, especially like on Saturdays or Sundays where we might be, I'm, you know, I get home from uh, the gym at 12, and we might be going doing something in the afternoon, and that's something easy we can just throw in the pot, we can let it simmer, we go get dressed, and then we eat that and we're out the door. You know why I had a
1: hard time is because I'm pretty much prepped for the whole week, including dinners. <laughs>
0: Right. Um. Yeah. It, with
1: the except with the exception of uh, like I said, I do. I have been spending more time at night, and you know I do the stir fry thing, um, at night. So typically, that if I'm going to do something, quick, it will be similar to what you did, because I'm going to have all the agree- ingredients. Um. You know, I I pre cook the chicken, for example, then I chop it up, and if I'm going to do something quick, it's it's going to be, um, probably spinach. Um, cucumber, zucchini, um chicken and, and probably some broccoli thrown in there as well because all those ingredients are basically that I can quickly throw together basically in a stir fry. So that will be that would be my, my my quick uh meal to go to uh just because again I have all the ingredients as part of that, you know, that are readily available, including like I said, yep. um I have organic Cucumbers and, and zucchini are just a staple of, of vegetables for me now that I, I call on all the time. The mushrooms that we talked about before the podcast—they're all chopped yep. up and ready, so so they're available too. Um, so yeah, it's—I uh, do that basically every night. I'll do a longer stir fry, and and uh, but if I'm looking to be quick, too, the other thing is egg whites with vegetables as well. Um, are, are something even quicker for me from that standpoint. I'll you know I'll take a cup of egg whites and and basically do um, throw in all the different vegetables and uh, that's also a go to if I, if I'm in a hurry.
0: I think stir fries are probably the easiest way to get started with a food prep because they're just like you pick and that's a really good trial and error way to do things too because you can pick your favorite kinds of vegetables. With some kind of good protein source, um, a little bit of cooking oil, some good fat, olive oil, something like that. And don't underestimate the power of salt and pepper alone because salt and pepper, like sea salt and pepper, are they that enhances flavor so much. And I think people really are just kind of like, Oh, you know, I need some kind of some kind of marinade or something to, to let the chicken rest in or something like that. And if you underestimate the power of just basic ingredients. That's really big, I think.
1: No, I agree with you. and I've gotten into um
0: hot sauce
1: <laughs> and uh i I buy this uh, organic um salsa that's uh, garlic based as well. So I and I measure I measure the the salsa. I think it's ten calories for two heaping tablespoons. And it adds a lot of uh you know, with a little bit of hot sauce, um it's you yeah. know salt and pepper. Definitely not uh quote, boring or anything like that. So that's the other thing. I'm not saying there's no reason to eat. You have to eat boring and and bland. That's never – I I would never recommend that to anybody. Uh, There's so many different variations on a theme that we've been talking about um, in in just eating healthy in general. And the same thing if you went out to – when I go out to Hmm. a restaurant, so what do you do if you go out to – to eat at a restaurant and you're trying to stay um eating healthy, what do you do?
0: First thing I look for is some kind of giant salad with steak and i'll just i'll have and if they don't have like a like a blue a lot of places have will have some kind of like um like a blue cheese crusted steak salad or something like that, and I'll just say, you know can I get that without dressing and and I'll throw all the steak on, add a ton of pepper, and just mix it all up. Um, other than that, it's like I, you can't go wrong with a piece of fish and a mixed vegetable dish. Yep. Or or even even as simple as like if you're going to a burger joint, even as simple as a bunless burger on a bed of like tossed greens. And I don't even shy away from French fries as much. And maybe you have a, a different view on that. But and, granted, you have to work with uh, – you, you have to kind of be – a little lenient with what the restaurant is going to cook it in because that's pretty detrimental. But like a French fry to me is not that big of a deal. But I'll try not to eat like a whole freaking sitting and then get seconds. <laughs> but no, I no, I agree with you because yep, yeah,
1: I agree with you. Especially if there's no other options, you know. I've been to that, yeah. and so you just got make sure you portion control. And and with yeah. me, with my cholesterol, of course, I, I definitely make sure, but. The fish and vegetables are pretty much, um you know, a, a staple that I look for on the menu. The other thing is just check the menu before you even go, because most people, uh, most restaurants have their menus online. Um you know, a plain, I'll eat a, a, a smaller steak, because usually it can get too big. You don't need 18 ounce steaks. I mean, so I, you know, I get a, maybe a 6 ounce of steak, you know, if that's in a plain baked potato, And then, uh, mixed vegetable, for example. Um, yeah. And uh, I enjoy, I enjoy steak because, again, red meat is not a staple of my diet because of an experiment that I did. And and sure enough, where it's the one thing I controlled in my diet. And my cholesterol went up to 270. And, uh, and I went off of the red meat. And 42 days later, it was 160. And that was the only change in my diet. Yeah, my, that was literally – my diet was perfectly controlled, too. That was the only change I made in my diet. So red meat doesn't like me.
0: <laughs> it's too bad I like red meat so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, me too. It really is too bad.
0: There's a, There are a couple of places around here that, um, you know, if we know that we have to go out with people, we'll make recommendations. So just because we know they have pr- like a really good, healthy – um seafood side or you know they don't drench their their uh, steak in some kind of marinade or like a sauce or anything like that. So I think those things, when people think about like really big calorie dense meals, if you can try to do like you could do a simple thing like just take half the meal home with you and that's that's a meal for the next day. Um, you know, like half of a steak and then half of a potato if you're worried about uh, overeating calorie wise it's simple something simple as that it's usually the additives that go along with it like the added sauces the added marinade the added uh, sugar content it's not necessarily the actual solid food itself So that's something else to keep in uh, in consideration yeah for
1: sure in fact I'll look at, at even a fish dish and if it has like a cream sauce on it um, I'll look for something that you know where it's, it doesn't. <laughs> basically, from that standpoint. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, that's a, that's a that is a great idea, and I I've seen people do that as well. That in uh, that are very much um, aware of how many calories they're eating. and will take half of it home, which is a, I think is a really good uh, a really good idea in practice. With huge. I portions. think so too,
0: and yeah, because. Even if you tell the person, as soon as you get your meal, just tell your host or hostess to, hey, can I go ahead and get a to-go box? And then throw half of it in right away and set it to the side, and then, boom, you've got your whole meal right in front of you, and you're good to go. What do you do for snacks, though? Because a lot of people ask me about things they can – you know, if you, if you, a person has a desk job or they're in meetings all of the time and they're they're worried about – Uh, skipping meals or you know going too long in between meals or maybe they're worried about binge eating later when they get home I'm a I'm a big proponent of something as simple as like an apple and a handful of almonds and I stress handful because those are super calorie dense also Um, I'm a big fruit and nut guy I like that combo a lot what about you
1: yeah so I'm a nut guy because that's uh in fact, um I've got a thing on my counter of um organic almonds that I uh, basically have a little quarter cup in there and have the snack bags. we buy the snack bags and I have uh one of those every day um with some green tea uh at about you know somewhere around two o'clock in the afternoon you know flexible in there um uh, basically to bridge between you know my lunch and dinner and so that's nuts definitely a staple of mine almonds being the the main the main one for me um i recently found there's a natural grocery that opened up uh, which is really good because um with my me getting old my teeth are probably going to crack so uh, they actually had um roasted <laughs> organic all yeah i was like this is not good i'm i'm going to end up cracking my teeth at some point you know because i i'll be 54 so as you, as, as you know these teeth can, uh, start cracking and getting all sorts of issues and you get up and you get higher up in age. So I'm like, ah, I don't know if this is a really good idea. And, and so a natural grocer opened up and I was looking around in there and, and, uh, they had, uh, roasted organic almonds. Well, by definition, they're softer and I bought a, a pound of them. i like, these are awesome because they're, they're actually a lot softer than the raw ones. So I'm like, ah, oh, I'll take the – yeah, <laughs> rather than have dental work, I figured potential dental work in the future. I uh, I decided to uh, pay a little extra and just – I'm okay with roasting uh, if it saves my teeth, so.
0: Well, I mean, if you compare uh, some nuts to a medical bill, then you're probably okay, like <laughs> – The value, even though nuts are expensive, it's not as expensive as, you know, a couple grand on a dental bill. other another thing that I've done with uh, those snack packs, a lot of those snack Ziploc bags, the small ones, I'll throw, like, a serving of uh, cashews or almonds in, and I've done this in the past where I've taken, like, um, a handful of kale, baby kale, and some spinach, and I'll shove as much of that in the exact same bag as the nuts, and I'll zip that up, and I'll have that with the nuts. And that might be that might be kind of weird, but I mean, it's just like a small salad inside of a bag you're eating with your hand. Yeah, it might be kind of strange, but I mean, it's you know, it's, it's an option. Yeah. The other
1: the other thing recently that I found I found um, there's so many different food bars out there. It's just unbelievable, right? And that's where you really want to read labels uh, for those of you that no, may man. eat food bars. You got to really read the, read the labels. One that that just came out—they're actually based really close to me, you know, me being in Iowa—and they're in Chicago based—is RX Bar. I don't know if you've heard of them before, and
0: yep, they've them. got
1: nuts. Yeah, they've got nuts, egg whites, and dates, basically, and uh, in a very small, you know, very small square. And uh so I've been um eating those on occasion and they really agree with my stomach too from that perspective. Um and uh so, you know, basic ingredients, again trying to get just real food without a bunch of additives or you know, a bunch of fiber, extra fiber thrown in and artificial sugar. So um Definitely. so yeah, i i so I really like the whole that whole concept of just, you know, a few ingredients, you know, of, of real food, you know, as part of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, so from a snack standpoint, every once in a while, you know, that might be a snack too, besides the nuts.
0: Definitely, that's a pretty good, I had had it before, actually, we thought about um, selling some kind of bar at the gym that I'm in, and uh, so we got a, a huge sample pack of RX bars, which with, uh you know, eight, nine trainers around don't last very long. But the flavors that I did try were pretty solid. I actually do like that bar a lot. Why do we wrap this up pretty soon? But what about hydration? Because one thing we didn't talk about is water intake, which is extremely important because, every I mean, we're made up of mostly water, and everything we eat has water in it. And uh obviously, it's very important. A lot different than when I was younger I'd never even thought of it and now um, I, I think for me
1: and we talked about this uh, as well before one of my pre workout um, rituals is making sure um, because I work out early in the morning um, I make sure I drink at least And this may sound a little radical but at least 60 ounces of water and make sure I'm fully hydrated. Why 60? It was just three 20 ounce containers that I had and it was completely random. There was nothing, you know, why not 40? I, I could probably, I got in the habit, I'm a habit guy, I could probably drink 20 ounces and probably would be okay, but I, for some, I think just even in general, just my thirst and everything and I ended up in, and I'm the type of guy also that if you stick a drink in front of me, um, which is why, you know, alcohol isn't even part of my diet at all. You stick a drink in front of me, I have to drink it. So I, I call it the drinky drink. So if you stick a drink in front of me, it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone, I'm going to drink it, because it's, it's. I don't care what it is, uh, which is why I don't drink soda either, like at a restaurant. I'll drink, like, if they have free refills, man, I'll drink five or six of those. I would drink five or six of those things. So, so water, uh, you know... It was, I wasn't always that way, and the same thing at work. I have a, a, a basically a see-through, um uh, jug that I got from Walmart that's, uh, pretty thin and, and pretty tall vertically, and it's got a spigot on it. Um so I basically, we have a, a water machine at work. I, I fill that up in the morning. I put about anywhere from a half a gallon to a gallon. And that kind of becomes my goal to drink, a, drink a significant amount of that during the day. As best I can in, in, I like the see-through aspect of it. So this is one way from a goal standpoint, if you're trying to drink more water, is you can see what your goal is because you can see the water in the clear, the clear jug and go, hey, I, st- w- gosh, I haven't drank hardly anything at all. I need to drink more. And so you grab that glass and, and have some more and, and it's, it's basically gives you that, that feedback that, hey, you're not drinking very much water. If you still see, you know, it's full from when you filled it up in the morning. Even though there's a huge market for it, it's ridiculous. The inter workout drinks, again, yeah. I, you know, when your diet is complete, you know, come and talk to me when your diet is completely on point. You know exactly how all the various stuff that's in there in your body and how sensitive, how insulin sensitive you are. Uh, ad nauseum and all the rest of it before you even consider, you know, taking an intra-workout drink. You better have everything else on point and Know what the heck you're doing from a nutrition right. standpoint, because it's not going to make squat a difference in the grand scheme of the thing if you don't have everything else on point and actually know exactly how your body's going to respond and and in uh, everything associated with nutrition. So. So that was I. I see that all the time at the gym. It's like, well, geez, you know, I. I, I think you're kind of missing the big picture, and that's really what what, yep. what I'm talking about is the big picture, not just a small little piece of this particular day, for this hour of working out, but the whole time from a lifestyle standpoint of, about nutrition.
0: You got to make it part of your lifestyle. If you don't, then the chances of Of success are extremely low and the lifestyle isn't going to last just for those 30 days that uh, I mentioned before that uh, that you try to eat healthy it's an ongoing process and it just takes education and learning and trying that works for you Um, Bill, you do all of your prep in a certain way I do all my prep in a certain way you know there's I mean I do all mine mine's tomorrow you know I have a couple meals that we make on Friday night and Saturday and and tonight, uh, incidentally, we're we're actually going to dinner. Um, but, you know, we've already thought about things that we can eat. We've already checked the menu out. I and mean, then we scope these places out and make sure that we can go there and, and legitimately have something healthy. Otherwise, you get to a place and you're stuck and it's, then you're just, you know, you're digging yourself out of a hole. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this before, too, but you're, you know, if your wife has um intestinal issues. Well, mine does too. So that, that kind of keeps me on track as well. I mean, it's a bummer for her, definitely. And I don't take that lightly, but you know, that, that makes me think twice about what I'm putting in my body too, because she's probably going to be there when I'm, when I'm eating also. So um a lot of good information here, Bill. I, I appreciate you talking about it today. And uh, I know we kind of bounced around a lot and hit on a lot of different topics. It was kind of like a, one of those last minute things that we talked about uh, last podcast that we wanted to do so um, I'll get some feedback from some people and see if there's anything specific we can kind of narrow down on or maybe drill that into the ground
1: alright sounds good Eric.
0: alright Bill well, hey thanks again and uh, keep up the good work and we'll talk to you soon alright thanks
1: for having me again I really enjoyed it